You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis. We have some minor news to talk about today. We'll dive into the Tigers a bit. And it's kind of unfortunate timing. Uh, tomorrow is the Rule 5 deadline. So Monday's show slash, uh, you know, we'll I record on Sunday. Uh, I'll wait till Sunday to record. Part of me is just tempted to record tomorrow. Uh, and there's part of me that wanted to be like, uh, you'll get your podcast after the Indians announce their 40-man choices. Because, I mean, really, that's going to be the most interesting thing that likely happens over the next 10 days or so is the Indians adding players to the 40-man. So we'll also discuss that, discuss where it's at, and, uh, yeah, have some fun talking through all of those things. Let's talk about the uh, signings. You can't see the question mark or quotation marks in the air. Uh, The Indians signed a pair of minor league free agents, players who could have opted to go elsewhere, decided to stay with the Indians uh, today, and those are Andrew Montessorio, he was is the forgotten third piece, as I tweeted out today, from the Jan Gomes deal. He was an interesting prospect when the Indians acquired him uh, because he had been an interesting prospect with the Nationals. Uh, plays a good shortstop, walked at a ridiculous rate, and had some good contact skills. There was a chance for a major leaguer there. I'm still not sure about that, but you know he ran well. He hit well. He had a good eye at the plate. I mean, there was... An, a non, I always get that non-zero chance thing wrong. There was a small chance that he could have been a major league starter. I, I don't feel that way quite the same anymore. The other player is someone who I think could see some time in the big leagues uh, as soon as next year. Anthony Ghost. It's a pretty straight fastball, but it is hard to hit. Uh, I mean, a few years ago, he would have been a no-doubter just because he could have been a loogie. I don't know how much success he's going to have in a non-Lugie situation. Interesting story. You know, he it looks good in spring training because it's it lights up a radar gun. I don't know about the secondary offering. I don't know if there's much there, but he's going to be probably sitting in AAA next year, give them another lefty, another pen option. But he's been passed by, you know, guys like Kyle Nelson. I mean, Kyle Nelson's probably always been ahead of him, if we're being honest, in terms of lefties in the upper parts of the system. But, I mean... Wouldn't you go to Logan Allen Sr.? I'm going to start referring to them as Sr. and Jr. I know they're not actually the case, but I'm going to refer to Logan Allen Sr. since he's the one in AAA as opposed to the one they just drafted. And Moss are likely to get chances, not just because they're better prospects, which they are, but they're already on the 40-man. So, it, I mean, Ghost has a chance. I wouldn't say he's like a slam dunk. He'll see time in the majors next year, but he could see some time in the majors next year. We've talked about the Rule 5 a few times, so just a quick refresher. The Indians are currently sitting at 35 spots out of 40 on their roster. Uh, they could conceivably cut players tomorrow. They could let some players go. Not as likely to happen. We already saw them move on from Mike Freeman and others, so I would kind of bet against that. It could occur, but unlikely. Now, the slam dunk, no doubt, are being added tomorrow. Nolan Jones and Gabriel Arias, both top 10 guys. To my mind, both top 5 prospects. And they really have not let a top 10 guy be exposed since they lost Santander. They learned that rule there. Will Benson is eligible, who was the more expensive, the first-round pick. You can go back to my draft writings. I've never been a Benson guy. I got excited two years ago when he had a really good 
first half of the season that maybe those tools, like great kid, explosive tools. One of the worst swings I had had reports on when he was drafted as a high school kid. And it just, it hasn't come together there. I think he's unlikely to be protected. I think he is unlikely to get to the big leagues, if we're being honest. Other players, um, I think Eli Morgan is likely a no-doubt addition because if he is not protected with his fastball changeup combo, I think he's a quick-moving reliever for a lot of teams. There are teams who will take a risk on what he has done and as productive as he's been and as quickly as he's moved through the majors. So the question is, do they leave a spot open? I think they could. And I think at this point in time, going out and getting Owen Miller means you can not be afraid of leaving an Ernie Clement unprotected. Before Miller, they didn't really have a great utility option in the upper minors. Not as big of a deal now. Kaye Tom, Connor Maribel, Alex Call, Mitch Luongo, all names I've heard mentioned, all guys who were eligible last year, I believe. And then prospect-wise, Luis Oviedo, they left unprotected last year. I don't see a reason to protect him this year. Uh, it's not like anything has really improved there. The stuff was so good, you know, going back to 2019, no, to 2018. He had that really fantastic season. It was not as good in 2019, nothing in 2020. I think there's a good chance Carlos Vargas, just based on stuff, gets protected. And that's what I'd bet on. I, I think, to me, the easy choices are Eli Morgan, Nolan Jones, Gabriel Arias. Those are three top 20 prospects. I'm not a huge Vargas guy, but I know people love the stuff. Uh, the stuff has not lived up to performance. We'll see. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he's unprotected. I wouldn't be shocked if he is protected, but I think he's the most likely the fourth guy. And honestly, I think they could leave a spot open. Um, maybe, honestly, this could be the year where they try to add someone. I wouldn't be shocked with all of the openings that they have if they went out and added a player who's eligible in the Rule 5. It, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing. It's a very cheap thing to do. It's not an expensive cost. Uh, it's been a while. I believe it was like McGinnis, maybe. Uh, was it Chris McGinnis was his name, I feel like, was the last selection. The first baseman out of Texas uh, who didn't make the team. It was a first baseman, I believe, from Texas. And uh, I can't remember exactly the name. But top of my head, that's the last time I can remember the Indians taking a player in the Rule 5 draft. I used to do a article every year pouring through the data breaking down you know who is the top pick uh how whatever indian selected did and then do percentages every single year i stopped that a few years ago it just got to be uh annoying to dig out the article to update the article and the interest was never really uh matching up with the time like when i started it it was a real labor of love it was something interesting the rule five draft intrigued me and it felt like every year the indians were losing someone and i wanted to really kind of figure out crack that nut as it were um long and the short of it is it's mostly for pitchers and more often than not starters than relievers and teams thinking that maybe they can find a guy who is that like last bullpen arm that's essentially what it has turned into anymore so make sure to tune in monday uh yes during the holiday week i will be doing shows it's not gonna be a full one uh i'll probably do one for monday and for tuesday I'm conflicted. Like, I kind of want to do one for people who might do Black Friday shopping, but I also feel bad about doing something for people who might do shopping. Uh, so maybe the, I'm leaning towards a Monday, Tuesday, Friday, and then taking the next Monday off. So going to be a bit truncated over the next few weeks. Uh, not as many shows, but yes, Monday show, we'll be talking heavy on the Rule 5. 
Speaking of buying and shopping, uh, stay home on Black Friday and buy something for yourself. Buy Built Bar. It is what I had for lunch today. Not breakfast. I had a protein shake today. So I, I started off with uh, with some Soylent, if I'm being honest. I'll give them a free plug. But then I went back to the best bar I've ever had, which is Built Bar. When you go to BuiltBar.com, use that promo code Locked On, and you're going to get 20% off your order. I always recommend the Mixed Box. Uh, there are some flavors I like in there more than others, but I think just being able to switch between things keeps the flavors fresh, really makes you enjoy certain ones more. And as I always talk about, being gluten-free, these are a nice bar because they're not like, I don't feel like I'm chewing, chewing, chewing all day long. It is a tasty bar. It is an enjoyable bar. Since my free sample, I think I bought six to seven boxes. Like I believe in this product that much. I enjoy this product that much. Just you can take my word for it, or you can go try it yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com, promo code locked on. Okay, and there's the okay. So if you've been listening, you know that you are back from the break. Uh, yeah, I could just like the ums to pop up. That is something else I cannot break myself of is the random okay for transitioning. Let's talk Detroit Tigers. They are the last team to talk about, a team I have not really dove into. I realized as I talked about the rest of the uh, – Central and even like the Toronto Blue Jays, I didn't really go to Baseball Savant and use that as a, you know, I thought it was a good, it was useful. Like for instance, when we talked about the uh, Baltimore Orioles, like I thought that was a added some depth to that discussion. Detroit was kind of fascinating to me this year, uh, and why you know I kind of made my comment at the end of the day. I think very soon the Tigers could be better than the Indians. Uh, it just comes down to the fact I really like their pitching that's coming down. I think they have potentially multiple aces. And I always find it funny to me how many people are like, well, you know, consider me in the minority of people who like Ma- Matt Manning more than Casey Mize. Like, I don't have a problem with that point of view, but you're not in the minority. Like, that has been – Casey Mize has uh, continually been doubted and people have been going out of their way to, like, ding him going back to his college days. I see more people saying they like Matt Manning better than Casey Mize. Uh, almost on a daily basis, so that always kind of amuses me. How about last year that uh, expected batting average? Willie Castro, former Indians farmhand, top seventh of the league. Exit velocity wasn't great. He doesn't hit for too much power, but weighted on base, top nine percent. What a year for him! He was always more bat than or more glove than bat in the minors. Uh, the other interesting one was Miggy, top three percent in exit velocity, top nine percent in hard hit. I mean, he looked done a few years ago, and he actually had a fairly productive season. Who was not good offensively? Nico Goodrum. Uh, He was pretty terrible. And when you are the Detroit Tigers and you have not drafted a shortstop in the first round since the early 70s, it is not surprising that they don't really have any shortstops. They don't have anyone coming up at that position. Uh, It is even remotely interesting. I know there's probably people out there going, what about Isaac uh, Paredes? Parades. I know I'm butchering his name. I know he was at points viewed as a shortstop, but I think there is not a human being who views him as anything other than a third baseman right now. I'm trying to go through his minor league data and see when the last time was he actually played uh, anything other than third. And let's put this, at least in the majors, it's only been third. And, you know, he was a player acquired in a trade. Everything else, uh, you know, they have a pretty strong minors, but man, it is all, there's no up the middle talent. And again, this is a team that I've always said that shortstops are the quarterbacks of the MLB draft. And for whatever reason, the Detroit Tigers do not draft shortstops. They just refuse. 
uh, it was like part of the reason I did not mock them, Austin Martin, multiple times throughout the draft process. I was like, well, they're not going to do that. We know this for sure. So right now, I mean, Goodrum is their projected shortstop, and he's not good. And that is why, look at this Detroit Tigers team. I mean, outside of Miggy, who are they paying? Everyone else here is cheap. They have a very cheap roster. Uh, there is almost, you know, Matthew Boyd is a little more expensive now as the arbitration clock is ticked up. Boy, what a missed opportunity there. Can we just take that moment to be like, you know, again, if you're someone who listens to this show, you know that I was like, trade Boyd while stock is high because everything shows that he is going to come down to earth hard very soon. And that has happened. And he was pretty awful last year. And now they'd be lucky to get what, uh, the same thing in Texas with like Mike Miner. I'm like, unless you have a real reason to think that these turnarounds are something significant, uh, at least flip them when you can get a B-level prospect. Sell high. Like maybe, yeah, you could hold on to him and hope they become more. But if you don't have a real reason to think they are more, don't, don't hold the hand. It's, it's, Maybe it's being very conservative in poker back in the day when I was playing, and it was very successful. Not very, but I, let's put it this way. Over the career, over my career of playing poker, I'm up. But uh, I think holding too long is a poor decision when you, you know, when you have a winning hand, play it. You know, don't, don't sit there and, and butts around. And Matthew Boyd is going to cost the Tigers $5.3 million, and one can make the case that they should decline and not even go into arbitration for for him. He's going to be a free agent at the end of 2022, and he's already at 5.3. Uh, projection for next year is 6.6. That's a lot of money for a guy who was arguably one of the worst pitchers in the American League last year. Uh, outside of him, Miguel Cabrera is making $30 million. That's right, he is still making $30 million. And then they don't really have much else. Uh, this is a team with a low-end payroll. Daniel Norris is projected at 3.2, million for Michael Fulmer. I'm still sad about Michael Fulmer. I just hate to see any player who looks like they're turning into like a star, borderline star level, star level talent, and uh, injuries bring them low. It does not happen much anymore. But uh, yeah, it just makes me think of Grady Size more than others, and it's it's just, I mean, they were already stars fully on when uh, when I talk about guys like Sizemore and Webb, but still, something that makes me sad. But the whole point of this is, this is a team with a low payroll, uh, estimated payroll for twenty twenty one is sixty seven million. They have money to spend. Their estimated twenty twenty payroll was one hundred and seven million. And they have spent in the past. Uh, yes, it was under former uh, you know, ownership when the father was still alive. Now the son is in charge, and the father wanted to win before he passed. That did not happen. But in a lot of respects, the Tigers are kind of the perfect team to trade with because this is a team that is rising, has a lot of interesting players uh, on the horizon. Like you know, you talk about the big three with Mize, Manning, and Scooble. Then, I mean, I'm still an Alex Fiedo fan. I was a huge fan of his when he was at Florida. Joey Wentz, I mean, that that right there, that's a five-man rotation. That would, it should be very good for a long time. I wasn't the, the biggest Torkelson guy, but I still think he's a potential, like, uh, MVP talent. Uh, just not quite as 
you know, Sun, Moon, and the Stars as others were on him. Riley Green is a strong outfielder. They have pieces in place. And then you look in the majors this past year, you know, we talked about Castro's performance. Uh, Candelario really stepped forward and had a strong year. Miggy, we talked about his bounce back. Jacoby Jones, before injury, looked like he was taking a step forward. I'm still a believer in Christian Stewart. I'm not going to give up there yet. And, you know, there is some more talent uh, in their minor leagues as well. On the rotation, I mean, I didn't talk about, if you've listened to this podcast this year, you know, I, I believe in Spencer Turnbull as well, who is someone that they still have multiple years of control of. It all comes together. So why would Lindor be an ideal target for them? Because their core is hitting the majors. Mize and Manning hit the majors this year. Scoogle hit the majors this year. You have all of your star minor leaguers hitting the majors. And what you don't have is a shortstop. And they would have the money to re-sign a Lindor. And they'd have the the talent right now where he'd be the ideal guy to kind of build around offensively. Uh, obviously, it's not going to happen. But I, I think probably more so from the Tigers' perspective than the Indians' perspective, he is an ideal guy to go get. Um, and if you're curious why their payroll is dropping by $40 million, Jordan Zimmerman's finally off the books. Swoop and Crone are off the books. You know, they gave money to Ivan Nova. It didn't work out, but he's off the books. Austin Romine. A lot of players came off the books for them this year, so they have that money and ability to go out and spend. Uh, we'll see if they do. But the Tigers, I thought, I wanted to give them some time just because I thought they were a very interesting team in general and uh, an ascending team. I'm not the biggest fan of the Royals minors. Uh, I've been very honest about some of my assessments. I'm not a, a singer guy. I think there's some stuff there. Bobby Witt wasn't uh, my guy as a shortstop. I think they've got uh, a bigger gap, but when it gets right down to it and you're looking at the Tigers, the Indians, the White Sox, and the Twins, these are all teams set up to win for the next few years. Uh, our old friend, D.B. Sice, asked if they're going to trade Lindor and Carrasco, uh, why not trade Ramirez? Because I mentioned uh, Whit Merrifield and, and KC. The reason I wouldn't is I still think this Indians team is set to possibly be a playoff team for the next few years. I still think they're solidly in the uh, window of wild card. And when you have Shane Bieber, who I do think is going to be fine long term, I think he had a blip. He'll be good. And when you look at that rotation, I mean, Plesak looked like one of the best pitchers in the American League when he had opportunities. It's going to be hard for him to continue to do that. I mean, there, there's definitely some uh, room for him to fall back to earth, but it's it's a strong rotation. They still have top prospects coming up. Nolan Jones should be ready to help them next year, and he should be very soon a plug-and-play offensive force for them somewhere. And Ramirez is just... He's the linchpin to that lineup. Now, the lineup has its issues, but again, it was not the lineup. It was not the offense that caused this team to fall out of the playoffs. The offense was fine. It was pitching, of all things. The pitching is what, uh, you know, was their downfall. That was where they uh, fell apart. So, long term, I still think this is a team that can contend. I still think this is a team that can make the playoffs. Their window isn't necessarily closed, it is just a lot tighter. Uh, the the high-end talent has been slowly bleeding off over the years, and it's going to continue to bleed off. And their minor leagues just doesn't have enough to replace it. It's a good minor leagues. 
It is a deep minor leagues. It has a lot of interesting names. It lacks star power, but then again, outside of Frankie Lindor, uh, no one on this team was ever a star power prospect. So who knows? We'll have to see. And the Indians are certainly going over quantity instead of quality with their approach, and that has been successful for them. So we're going to have to see. So I still think you hold on to Jose Ramirez. Uh, Right now he's one of the premier hitters in the American League, and he's under such a team-friendly contract that you hold on to him and you try to build around him and you hope that whenever Nolan Jones makes his debut this year that he just takes off and flies like a lot of the rookies we've seen over the past. Basically every big-name rookie outside of like Nick Senzel has managed to do that. So you're hoping he does that and hopefully in one of those outfield spots. And, you know, you're hoping that Josh Naylor will step up and that you're going to, you know, maybe they bring back Cesar Hernandez. Maybe that works out. Maybe they find someone else. Maybe they do make that trade for Jose Iglesias. You know, maybe they go out and they make that Lindor trade and get Tom Smith and J.D. Davis. And all of a sudden your 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 two, three, four is, you know, Dom Smith, Jose Ramirez, and J.D. Davis. I mean, that, that's fantastic. I don't know. We'll have to see. But I think right now you still believe in this team. You still think that uh, the rotation is strong and they have enough to be in contention. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be a tough division. The Indians managed to ride to the top when that division was just a crap show. It was very advantageous for them. Uh, since then, uh, a lot of teams have drafted and developed well, and now they have some real competition. It's going to be an interesting few years. But I think you keep trying to win as long as you're successful with that and I know there's people out there saying oh they're not successful they keep losing in the first round making the playoffs in baseball is success end of story full stop uh that is how you judge success I think in sports it's just making the playoffs baseball is very different uh you know I feel like baseball and even to some degree the NFL uh on certain days you know teams can win if they're closely matched. Whereas in the NBA, it feels like over the course of a seven-game series, the the odds favorites almost always come out on top. Like I was thinking the other day, there's never going to be, at least anytime soon, another Detroit Pistons, right? Like that team that kind of came out of nowhere to beat the team on top. Like we know there's like four teams who can win the NBA championship and that's it. That's not the case in baseball. The best team often doesn't win. And when you get to the postseason, it's often more about how it, it breaks for you. Luck than skill. Skill certainly helps, but when you look at you know the Indians' best season in terms of off-season advancement was the off-season that they had every reason to get knocked out in the first round. They had the most reasons to have failure is the one year they had the most success, and I think that speaks to exactly what the postseason is like. I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, again, remember to rate and review. Download every day. That is important and helpful to our show. You can find me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. I will have some hot takes tomorrow for sure on who the Indians add to the 40-man. That will be our big discussion on Monday. Monday evening, I'm going to record with uh, with Lieberman, my good friend Liebs, uh, and we're going to sit back. And I am tempted, honestly, to, uh, to do half of that show. Uh, with him talking about the Indians for like the video WKYC half and then honestly just make that a super long edition show and uh, break it into the podcast and give you some more from Friday. He's got some great Andrew Jones anecdotes, 90s Braves, things like that. So I'm going to really pick his brain. It'll be a fun talk and I think we have enough there. (laughs) I mean, honestly, 
Liebs and I have talked for like nine inning baseball games. There's enough there that we we could do like the month of December as just the two of us engaging. So I'm I'm hoping that uh, I can at least bother him enough to get two podcasts out of it. Again, find me on Twitter at Jeff MLB Draft. That's where you're going to find my 40 man talk until Monday. And until then, as always, go tribe. <laughs>